Hi everyone, it's Zen Su, senior tech reporter at the South China Morning Post. A couple of weeks ago, our producer Yang Yang spoke to a TikTok star in Los Angeles to answer the question, what on earth is TikTok? Today, we're going to attend a class which charges you a thousand US dollars to learn how to make money on Douyin, the Chinese equivalent of TikTok. But before we start, I have some news to share. After two seasons and 42 episodes, this is sadly going to be the last time you hear me hosting Inside China Tech. I'm moving on from the South China Morning Post after four and a half years here. It's been a great pleasure and honor to bring the crazy, funny, interesting, and different kinds of tech stories from underground in China to your ears. I'll miss being a part of this podcast. The show will continue to run thanks to our brilliant producer Yang Yang. And if you have any suggestions or pitches for the show, feel free to email her at yang.yang at scmp.com. If you'd like to stay in touch, follow me on Twitter at at Zensu. That's Z-E-N-S-O-O. Okay, I'll hand it over to Yang now. From South China Morning Post, this is Inside China Tech. Insights into what matters. Come work for us because we are 996. Are you okay? I started Alibaba 1999 in my apartment. What's your problem? Speed and data. And that's where China comes in. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Inside China Tech. I'm the producer of this show, Yang Yang. On this episode, we're going to dig deeper on TikTok's Chinese version, Douyin. How different is Douyin from its international version, TikTok? Why are there two almost identical apps out there? And how are Chinese people using Douyin differently from TikTok users overseas? A quick reminder, if you're not familiar with TikTok, we have an episode called What on Earth is TikTok earlier in January to answer all the questions you might have. So our tech reporter Tracy Chu attended a weekend class that costs about 1400 US dollars in Shenzhen on how to get rich on Douyin. She's going to share that experience later, but before that, to put things into perspective, I have Marsha Bolag, our abacus reporter, to tell us about how similar and different TikTok and Douyin really are. Marsha, thanks for coming to the show. Hi guys. So Marsha, we've been referring to Douyin as the Chinese version of TikTok by the same parental company, ByteDance. But what does it really mean to have twin apps? Well, according to ByteDance, TikTok and Douyin are separate apps. And that's despite that they have the same logo, they have the same interface functions, and even similar content. ByteDance kind of adds to the confusion because they usually report the number of users coming from both apps together, both Douyin and TikTok. But, you know, there are some differences. Uh, For example, you can download TikTok in China, you can access the content from your phone in China. And in Chinese app stores, you're only going to find Douyin. Similarly, if you look at Google Play Store or Apple's App Store outside of China, it's not going to turn up Douyin at all. You're just going to get TikTok. Right. So if they're so similar, why bother to have two different versions? Well, Douyin is actually older. Uh, It came out in China before TikTok because TikTok was made when ByteDance bought Musical.ly. But also there are other reasons, uh, like Douyin is a lot more focused on e-commerce. And of course, uh, there's the censorship part, like content in China is very strictly regulated. So Douyin's team has to pay attention a lot more than maybe in some other countries. Right. Can you give us some examples in terms of how they manage the censorship on Douyin, whereas on TikTok? 
So yeah, we all remember how TikTok got into a lot of hot water over its algorithmic recommendation rules. It's called shadow banning. So basically, they don't recommend anything that could be considered politically controversial, uh, including topics that are sensitive in China. So TikTok later said that these were the old rules, and now they have new rules, like the, which are made for each country separately. But after that, they also got called out because of banning LGBT content in markets in which this is not illegal, like Turkey. So the biggest controversy for TikTok was when U.S. teen Feroz Aziz shared a viral clip criticizing China's treatment of uh, Uyghurs. It's a minority in China. Hi guys, so I'm going to teach you guys how to get long lashes. So the first thing you need to do is grab your lash curler, curl your lashes, obviously. Then you're going to put them down and use your phone that you're using right now to search up what's happening in China, how they're getting concentration camps, throwing innocent Muslims in there, separating their And the clip went completely viral and she got banned. TikTok later said that the ban was not because of this clip. So Aziz had a separate profile on TikTok when she posted a video with an image of Osama bin Laden. So TikTok said this was against their terrorism rules, so they just banned her outright from the platform. But like, if we talk about Douyin, this kind of contact would never even make it to the platform. What did that mean? It means she would have been shut down right away and she would not be given a chance to come back. Hmm. So when we talk about censorship in China, of course, it's not just Douyin. It's all all Chinese social platforms, all co- content platforms have to adhere to very strict rules on censorship. And uh, propaganda bureaus have long used social media. They're even recruiting influencers in China. So it's not it's not odd to stumble across uh, this kind of content on Douyin. You have local government departments uh, making their own content. You have Chinese state media like uh, China Daily creating little video clips. And you have a lot of this kind of propaganda-ish content on the Chinese version. A report from the Australian Strategic Policy Institute, which is a think tank, found that Douyin has been working with public security organs to disseminate state propaganda in Xinjiang, which is uh, a home to the Uyghur minority. In response, Douyin said that they just provide the platforms and do not control the content there. Right. But back to the TikTok version, that girl's account was restored after TikTok came to clarify the reason why she was banned at the first place. Yes, exactly. So what's ByteDance, the parent company's response regarding all these um, deliberate differences between TikTok and Douyin? Well, if you ask ByteDance, they're always going to say something like, oh, we just give the platform and people are doing, you know, putting the content there. Uh, Of course, I understand that uh, as any Chinese company, they have to adhere to some rules. They have already been kind of in trouble in China. Back in 2018, ByteDance already had a brush with the government over content on its news platform. It's called Jinru Toutiao. So the government ordered them to stop updating the news app for 24 hours. And the company later promised to hire 10,000 censors just to get the kind of content that the government doesn't want on the, on the platform. I think uh, the, the, when it comes to censorship uh, on Douyin, uh, we are going to see some 
interesting developments. So the Cyberspace Administration of China released a draft of regulations in, in September 2019 saying that Chinese social media platforms, websites, apps, anything that uses algorithms to recommend content has to adhere to mainstream values. And like mainstream values are usually what they mean in yeah propaganda. Uh, they also say like no celebrity gossip, no vulgar content, but probably yes, more patriotism, more government messages. Um, this is likely bad for Douyin's business because, you know, this kind of content is not very attractive. Beside how the two apps treat political issues, are there any other differences between TikTok and Douyin? Yes, of course. Like, as I mentioned before, Douyin is a lot more commercial, I would say, in a way, than TikTok. So in China, Douyin is not just an app for teens. Uh, more than 75% of Chinese internet users use some kind of app with short videos, whether it's Douyin or TikTok. So recently, uh, TikTok, the international version, started allowing some of its users to add a link on their profile, like you can go on their page and buy something. And on Douyin, that's just old news. Uh, Douyin has had a deal with Taobao, uh, the, one of the biggest e-commerce platforms in China for a while. So if you go on Douyin and you, you scroll through, uh, you might find an account and you just click on it and there's its store, like right away, and you can buy things from them. And people sell all kinds of stuff. It's actually pretty amazing. Mm, so it's like one station shopping experience. Exactly. So aside the e-commerce part, there are also other differences between TikTok and Douyin in terms of content. So if you use TikTok, you can find a hashtag that's maybe popular in Japan and uh, or popular in the U.S. And you kind of have access to this different content. And if you search from Douyin, you're not going to find anything under this hashtag. So that's why some Western celebrities are actually trying to set up a secondary account on Douyin. There was this example of a U.S reality TV show star called Bobby Burke. He has a TikTok following, so he opened a new account on Douyin. And it was funny because on, uh, he had an interview with Verge and said, oh, yes, I have millions of followers on Douyin. So I, I actually went to check and he had about 250 or so. But like, keep it going, Bobby Burke. <laughs> right. Um, in terms of what's happening right now with the coronavirus, I understand Douyin is also used as a news source for many Chinese people, especially the young ones. Yes, exactly. So Douyin is now creating aggregated information about where the illness is spreading and what kind of prevention measure people should take. And uh, aside from raising awareness, Douyin is also kind of an outlet for support for doctors, for medical staff fighting the virus, and also for the patients that have been infected. Even before the platform introduced uh, this kind of information to stop the spreading of the disease, people were actually sharing their own life. Uh, what is it like to live under the coronavirus lockdown? As we know, there are a lot of people that cannot go out of their apartments because uh, the local governments have imposed these restrictions on movement. Some have uh, tried to stream themselves and upload videos about what are they going through. Aside from that, local media outlets, state media outlets are sharing their own videos, like trying to kind of encourage people, and it's very propagandish. There's a lot of slogans here and a lot of... Uh, 
showing of support to the medical staff. And most of these uh, clips are, yeah, from state-owned media outlets. Right. So, Masha, these critics are always going to be a problem for TikTok's publicity. How do you think ByteDance is handling this? Well, according to a report by Reuters, TikTok is already kind of distancing itself from its Chinese version. Uh, they completed the separation of a couple of uh, department teams from Douyin, and they're also hiring international risk analysts uh, to face these allegations. Uh, in a recent interview with the head of TikTok, Alex Zhu, he said that he would not actually rule out the possibility of reorganizing TikTok as a separate company. This means they will probably have a new board of directors for TikTok. Thank you very much, Masha. Thank you, Yang Yang. Coming up, our tech reporter Tracy Chu is going to tell us about a crash class she attended in early January, which charges about fourteen hundred U.S. dollars per student, and claims to spill the secrets on how to get rich on Douyin. We'll be right back. Can virality be taught? I'm not sure, but the people who are sitting in this room with me certainly think so. They have paid around one thousand and four hundred U.S. dollars for this weekend crash class on how to create short, funny, viral video on Douyin, TikTok's Chinese version. But fame isn't what they are after here. Their ultimate goal. To get rich on Douyin. This is a man who promises to unlock the secrets of creating pandemic videos. His name is Zhang Bo, a moon-faced man in his late thirties. Perched on a white table at the front of the class, Zhang regaled us with how one client made ten million U.S. dollars in just three days following his methods, including interacting with influencers every ten minutes while watching their live streams. Another raked in more than ten thousand U.S. dollars in a single day. I couldn't independently verify those claims, but my classmates seemed impressed, scribbling down notes. Douyin is the hottest short video app in China, according to the company's report. They had 400 million daily active users in January. In Douyin, record quality life. the country's second-largest short video platform, backed by Tencent, has 200 million daily active users as of May 2019. Together, the top two apps account for the majority of China's short video app market. It is no wonder these people want to succeed on Douyin. According to an industry insider in Beijing, an account with three to five million followers can command between seven thousand to fifteen thousand U.S. dollars for a short video advertisement on the app. He told me that in his company, influencers on Douyin get thirty to forty percent of advertising income. One of China's top influencers, Li Jiaqi. 
reportedly earned more than 1.4 million U.S. dollars a year by promoting beauty products on an array of social media platforms, including Douyin, on which he has about 40 million followers. But the competition to stand out on the app is fierce. So a number of workshops promising to give participants an edge have sprung up. Like this one, I am attending earlier in January in Shenzhen. The course isn't cheap. The 9,800 yuan or 1,400 U.S. dollars workshop fee is more than the middle-income group in China makes monthly. Participants shell out the money in the hope of learning to monetize their own Douyin accounts, despite being a little suspicious about the organizers' claims. Some participants traveled quite a great distance to be here. There was a mother of two who took a nine-hour train from Jiangxi Province to join the class. I met another woman who flew more than three hours from Shanghai. Overseas, Douyin influencers have achieved a considerable amount of fame. For instance, Little Nas X, who writes Old Town Road, this year's Grammy Award winner. Gained attention in the first place on TikTok. I was surprised to find that most of my classmates do not seem to care about being famous. They want more followers, but are more concerned about how to translate this into income rather than merely become online celebrities. I just saw you said you have done some previous things. 对，为什么上这一课啊？这一课的话，可能就是了解。Tibetan actor Awang Duoqi, another participant in his thirties. Told me that he saw Douyin as just a springboard to bringing more money. 嗯，对，然后抖音不仅能增加我的曝光度，它能成为另一种方式帮我盈利。嗯，所以我才来上这一课。He wants to grow his followers count, but also attract more consumers to his cafe through the platform. 你想成名这种想法必须要矫正，我跟你讲。You should correct the idea of wanting to be famous. The actor instructed me. That's not going to lead you anywhere. It is meaningless to be famous. So you mean you want to be an online celebrity instead of movie star? I asked. No, I don't want to become anything. I just want to make money. He replied. What Awang Duoqi wants is super loyal fans who would love to buy almost anything recommended by the account they follow. With a strong focus on money, the teacher advised us not try to be too original. Instead, we should observe the most successful accounts on Douyin and take leaf from their playbooks. We are not geniuses, Zhang says. We don't need to take the risk of coming up with entirely original content ideas. The idea was echoed by Awang Duoqi. 在你没有成熟的时候，你只能跟着别人屁股走。起初这个很简单的。It's a simple idea, he said to me. When you are not ready yourself, you can only follow others. Many want to create something original, but is original stuff really great? 真的很牛逼，很厉害吗？你保证你的原创一定会火吗 ？Can you guarantee it would be popular? No, but there is a successful case already done by someone else. You can copy it and refine it, right? Just keep improving that. Maybe you won't become popular as the original, but you probably won't fail either. You know? This mindset reminded me of what China has long been criticized for. 
imitating others instead of innovating. But it seems to be a strategy that works, at least to a certain extent. MCN, which stands for multi-channel networks, is a fast-growing industry in China. MCN companies work with video platforms like Douyin and their users. They easily groom individuals to become online celebrities, featuring the similar content, or help enterprises operate their accounts and take a cut of the earnings in the process. Such networks are also popular elsewhere. North America is expected to continue to be the largest market, but the Asia-Pacific region, including countries like China and India, is showing faster growth due to the low cost of general internet use. In China, there were over 5,000 MCN companies as of December 2018, with more than a third of them hitting over 50 million yuan in revenue. According to a report by a new media research firm, for some of these MCN companies, workshops are an additional revenue stream and a way to scout potential clients. After the class, I overheard Hao Ming, a 37-year-old cross-border businessman, asking if he could become a long-term student. Hao told me that he would consider giving up his business if he could find success on the video platform. And taking classes was part of the process. It is easier to pay experts and learn what not to do than experiment on his own and risk losing money, he said. Every platform has its own pitfalls, and I want to know where the pitfalls are for Douyin before I start, he said. Taking a class like this gave me the chance to meet like-minded people. Perhaps we can even help each other out. For me, the course was helpful in identifying the common traits for viral videos, but following them is no guarantee of success. Because after all, if the instructor could, like his client, raking millions from following his method, why is he still teaching us on weekends for a few thousand yuan a head? So that's it for today's show. I'm the producer, editor, sound designer of this episode. If you enjoy this podcast, do rate us on iTunes or subscribe to us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, basically wherever you listen to your pods. If you want to follow up more on what's happening on this side of the world, head to smp.com/tech. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye.